This podcast is not suitable for work. If you're under the age of 18, kindly and with all due respect, get the fuck out. I mean it. Go on. Bye-bye. Mm-mm. See you later. This isn't for you. Nope. Mm-mm. America has a strange relationship with sex. We're obsessed with it, but it terrifies us. We censor it because it's constantly being shoved down our throats. But our dirty little secret is we like things shoved down our throats, especially when we're in bondage or we're wearing leather or being slapped around a little bit. And, oh, <clears throat> I'm Sunny Megatron. Join Ken Melvoinberg and I as we explore, dissect, and demystify American sex. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness, American Sex, with Ken Melvoin Berg and Sonny Megatron. So speaking of asses, my guilty pleasure is watching Dr. Miami on Snapchat. I love Dr. Miami. I know. <laughs> so, okay. So I watched Dr. Miami on Snapchat. I am fascinated. I've always been fascinated with the documentaries where you get to see surgery. So I'm just fascinated with like, oh, that's the fascia. And that's the, he's sewing up the diastasis. Like, I feel like I could do surgery now. Like, I, I know all the things. And, and then it just fascinates me that like, you can take your love handles and make them be more of your ass. Like, I can take my bra rolls and make them into more ass. That's amazing. I can be like clay. I would just love to have an ass. You could have an ass. We could take <laughs> a little bit of your back and turn it into your ass. Could I take some of my love handles instead? Yes. Yes. That's awesome. Right? Yeah. And I used to be like, okay, I'm getting to the point. I don't know if it's me approaching my 50s and having a completely different outlook on life or if it's me seeing my mortality or I think it might be part of me like my teenage years and my 20s and 30s I felt were wasted on like being in abusive relationships and I didn't get to enjoy myself and now that I'm at the point that I'm enjoying myself my body is falling apart so I'm like you know what maybe I want to have an Amber Rose ass Life is short. That would be awesome. Life is fucking short. I would not object You know what? I'm into body modification. I dye my hair. I pierce my shit. I put tattoos on me. If I want an Elastigirl ass from Incredibles. And thighs. Yes. (laughs) You know what? Maybe I'll just get an Elastigirl ass. I, my 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 feelings have totally You've changed. You've just gone up to Kardashian levels. That's awesome. Oh, I don't know about <laughs> Kardashian. Yeah. Le- that's a big ass. Yeah. Like, you, you're like, make it as big. They're, okay, so I saw one surgery. Dr. Miami was doing one surgery. And the woman was like, make my ass as big as humanly possible. And I was fascinated. He made her ass pretty big. So yeah, I just, I'm just completely fascinated. So guilty was it like pleasure. Was C shape big or was it like just big all the way around? It was big and round, like a big like like you know like a I when I think of a nice juicy ass, I think of a peach. Like a like yeah. a nice yeah. juicy round, you know. So, hey, everyone, hi. <laughs> <laughs> We just like dove straight into ass ocean and almost drowned. We we totally. And speaking of ass ocean, hi, I'm Ken Melvoin Berg, and I'm Sunny Megatron, and I want to put my bra rolls into my ass. <laughs> and welcome to episode forty nine of American Sex Podcast. This week's guest is the awesome Jiminika Eborn. Now, Jiminika has worked in mental health for the last 10 years, which is where she saw the need for sexual education and sexual trauma support. This led to her passion for assisting and supporting those that are sexual assault survivors and those without access to comprehensive sex education. Jiminika's compassion and passion for these populations has pushed her to continue building safe spaces for clientele, sharing education, and supporting their mental spaces. She's a comprehensive sex educator, grades K-12, through director of education for Survivor and Ally Support Organization, More Than Know, and she consults on TV and film to bring a healthy perspective on sex and surviving trauma into everyone's home. 
Now, I got to say, our conversation was a breath of fresh air, which usually isn't something you'd associate with such a heavy subject. But Jiminika has just a way of speaking that makes it feel, I don't know, easy. We spent the bulk of our conversation addressing overcoming sexual trauma, partner abuse, etc. We also dive into how healing for people of color can look very different and present additional challenges. Jiminika also gives us valuable resources for affordable therapy, which is awesome. This conversation was really healing and validating to me and listeners, I think that you're going to get a lot out of it too. But that goes without saying, we do tackle some pretty heavy subjects and discuss details of trauma, abuse and sexual assault. And your number one job is to take care of you not boost our podcast rating numbers. So if you're not in the right headspace for these subjects right now, go ahead and skip this episode. We've got 48 other awesome ones for you to enjoy. Do you know what time it is? It's time to put my bra rolls into my ass and maybe <laughs> fix my chin a little. No, seriously, Ken. Wait, you, you started off Disney Princess yeah. and then you drifted in <laughs> to, I don't know who that was, you know Cab what? Calloway? Seriously, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm, if this is my version of midlife crisis, like when men go out and get a Corvette. Will you sing a song as a Disney princess? That would be awesome about like making your ass up from the, your side rolls of your boobs. Yes. And I take my tits and I, no, I'm not going to put my tits in my ass. No. And I take my bra rolls and I put them in my ass. La, 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 la. No. So like I, I let, if you look at my armpits right now, I haven't shaved all week. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of digging that. Maybe I'll grow out the arm hair. Oh, he wants to sniff it. Okay, don't tickle me, though. Don't tickle me. You like it? Does it smell good? Okay. So I'm like, maybe I'll grow out my armpit hair. Maybe I'll pierce my septum. Maybe I'll move all my bag fat into my ass. Like, I just want to change everything. Maybe I'll get a new tattoo. Maybe I want to tattoo my new ass. Like, I just want to do all the things. But I don't want to dye my hair anymore because I did that and it fucked it up. I lost my edges. It was awful. So maybe just the rest of my body is replacing the hair that I can't dye anymore. What is it, Ken? I don't know. I think you nailed it, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do it. Maybe. Someone give me a lot of money so I can put it into my hands. <laughs> anyway, it's big welcome and heartfelt appreciation time for the new members of our Patreon family. I'm a Disney princess. Yay. And thanks for joining our family this week, Tahitian Sun. If you'd like to support this show and join our growing Patreon family, head on over to patreon.com slash American Sex. By becoming a member, you'll get all our episodes early, bonus content, and stories from our guests, and more. And, you know, another way you can support American Sex Podcast and get awesome sexy things? By patronizing the sponsors that we mention in our episodes, like our good friends at PeepshowToys.com. Peepshow Toys is an independent ethical sex toy retailer committed to only carrying non-toxic and non-porous pleasure products. They're in the business because they truly care about your well-being over their bottom line. Now, Peepshow Toys knows how important it is to support other small businesses, too. They carry quite a few indie sex toy brands like The Butters, Split Peaches, and Funkit Toys, which are companies that are similarly committed to offering body-safe quality products. And to show their thanks and spread the love directly to you, Peep Show Toys gave our listeners, now that's you, a special discount that you can use on any purchase at peepshowtoys.com. Just use the code SUNNY, S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out and you'll get 10% off your entire order. And I strongly advise that you check out their deal section because they have seriously amazing prices on some really good toys. So start there. We're also hosting a giveaway this month with Castle Megastore. You can win a pretty Love Ford silicone clitoral stimulator. To enter, go to sunnymegatron.com slash prettyloveford. And you can also get 20% off select items at castlemegastore.com when you use the code SUNNY. That's S-U-N-N-Y at checkout. Hey, I know you love hearing our voices, but wouldn't you love to see our faces too? If you're in the Ohio area, just your luck, we're going to be in Columbus, Ohio, the last weekend of July, that's July 27th through 29th, at COPE, the Central Ohio Perversion Excursion. That's one of those big hotel takeover sex convention, like things that we've been talking about. If you heard our episode with Barrick and Sheba, they run COPE. It's awesome. Listen to it. So... 
We're teaching two classes that Saturday, and I hear there's still a handful of tickets left. We'll have the link to the event page in our show notes at americansexpodcast.com. And hey, if you are at COPE and you've heard this episode and you see us, you gotta come up to us and say, I don't know, something good. What do you think, Ken? The secret phrase is the potatoes are in the trunk. Mm, I like that. <laughs> I want, I want Dr. Miami to put some potatoes in my trunk. <laughs> All right. The potatoes are in the trunk. Cope. July. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right. Go up and say hi. On to Jiminika Eborn. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Yay. I am so excited. We have on the line Jiminika Eborn also... It's like party time because we have you on because it's around the 4th of July. And I bet you our listeners are going to be hearing fireworks, at least on our end. What about on yours? Thank God they're over, I think. Really? I I mean, they've been nonstop here constantly. I mean, I also live by Dodger Stadium, so I never know which is which some days. uh, Yeah. Yeah. We play that game, too. Yeah. All right. So, hi. hi. There's lots of stuff I want to talk to you about. And the other day... So when we were emailing back and forth the other day, you had said something that like hit home to me. So you said something, you said, um, the stigma of trauma survivors and about like, um, they're always uh, portrayed as so sad and broken in the media. And I was like, Oh, hell yeah. Like for me, not only do I see that in the media, I see that in real life, which is a lot of the reasons why I don't talk about my trauma, because then everyone's like, oh, you know, and I'm just like, oh, God, no, no, no. So please, please expand on that, because I really want to talk all about this. So I don't know why it is that, yes, you know, trauma is fucking sad and scary. Can we curse here? I feel like. Oh, absolutely. fucking fucking goddamn shit. Volvolutely. I thought so. so. I just wanted to make sure. Um, so I, I just find it so sad and disheartening that every time someone's like, oh, I'm a survivor of sexual assault, people like turn into like, they're talking to babies and turn into like baby voices and shit. Yes. I just like, that's not what people need. I don't understand why like that's the go-to. Um, and trauma survivors are survivors. Like it's happened to us because I myself am also a survivor. But it's not like my whole life. Like it's a page, maybe a fucking paragraph in my story. Like it doesn't have to be everything. And I feel like it's just portrayed in media, like TV shows where they're like, oh my God, did you see so-and-so was sexually assaulted? Oh, poor, poor them. Like, yeah, that shit sucks. And it happens to one in three women and one in six men. That's fucking terrible. And you know someone, but I'm pretty sure they don't want that to be the only thing you know about them or know them for. Right. Or it becomes suddenly the reason why everything, you know, it's like, oh, that's why they're so blah, blah, blah. Or for me, it's like, that's why she's a kinky freak. Or that's why blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to be a treated like I'm being pat on the head. And like you said, treated like a little toddler, like, oh, you poor thing. Can I hug you and make you some soup? You're so delicate and broken. And I also don't want to be like, evaluated through the lens of my trauma yeah and and people tend to do that now now you also mentioned that that happens in the media so what do we see in the media along those lines i I constantly see and that's like one of my things i'm trying to get into more is media consulting because constantly people are put on screen and it's like you know, raped by like a stranger because I mean, most of us know that most of sexual assault, which isn't just rape, which is a list of different things are by people that we are close to and people that we know. So that's like, Mm -hmm. let's break that stigma out the gate. It's normally someone that's close to home. Okay. And wait, and I want to continue. But when you say, wait a minute, sexual assault is a list of things. I hear a lot of people go, well, sexual assault means somebody put one of their things in somebody's holes. Or if that didn't happen, it's not sexual assault. So what are these lists of things? I mean, if you were touching me without my consent, even if you're like walking up and grabbing my breasts, you're walking up and grabbing my behind that is sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't ask you to do that. I this the last time this happened to me in December. I I t- was in a club being cute and stuff, dancing myself away, and someone some guy came up and like physically touched me like multiple times, like slapped me on the butt like five times. 
And I blacked out and I turned around and I just gave him an education lesson on consent and boundaries and his lack of respect for women, which turned out to be like the longest night ever. But like that is a form of sexual assault. And people are always like, well, they didn't penetrate me or they didn't do this thing. Like that doesn't mean you have you're not able to say, yes, I was sexually assaulted. And I find it that people are like, well, it wasn't that bad. So I'm not going to say the thing. Like I'm not, I don't want people to claim something that they feel not comfortable claiming, but I also want them to note like, yes, it also can be considered sexual assault. Thank you. You know what? I have a, I have a question for the both of you and I don't want to make the, the seem to turn around and make this towards people that are trying to assist a sexual trauma survivor. Uh, but many cis hetero men automatically sort of vault to white knighting and they want to start taking revenge and doing all of these things. One of the most useful things that I've ever learned in my life about sexual trauma is to simply listen to what the trauma survivor wants. What do you guys think about that? I think that's my favorite thing ever. (laughs) I always tell people like, you know, listen to hear and not listen to respond. It's the same thing. Like listen to see what they need versus what you want or think that they need and then go do the thing. Mm -hmm. I think the easiest thing is to ask. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I feel that when I tell somebody about, you know, whatever it is, it could be about sexual trauma, sexual assault. It could be about... I had an interaction with someone in a grocery store, you know, whatever it is, when they start going, oh, well, you know, who is that person? Show me who they are. I'm going to go blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to blah. You're suddenly taking the focus off of me because it's my thing. It's my problem. Exactly. And you're making it about you and you're going to go save the day and you're going to blah, blah. And you know what? Fuck you if you're going to do that. So and I don't mean you personally, Ken. But just no, but it's the- it's something that resonated with me incredibly because for years I didn't know what the right thing was to do. And it just seemed like I'm a man. I, this is what this is my job. I'm supposed to avenge all of the women and the children. And it's just it's not the right thing. Now, the, the other thing that I wanted to ask both of you, if somebody is sexually assaulted and you ask them, what can I do to assist you? And they say nothing. Do you do nothing? Yes. Okay. Because it, you, yes. you've asked them. And also you can, how about you can check back in with them because it depends on the time frame of the assault, sure. especially right after. Like I probably be like, I don't know what I need right now and letting them know like, okay, you may not know right now and that's okay, but will it be okay if I check back in with you? So even making yeah. sure that that door is open, that they're, they feel like they still have someone can be extremely supportive. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, I'm at a point in my life where I'm self-aware enough to say, you know, I think I need something, but I don't know what it is. Or to just say, I I don't know what I need right now, but I don't know if I could say I've ever been at that place. So there is a point in my life where I might have said nothing, but maybe there is, but I haven't figured it out yet. So yeah. All right. So we totally got off track though. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, with sex in the media. So let's go back to the media portraying sexual assault survivors in a certain way. Yeah. So for me, like when I watch a lot of things on what I, I don't even watch real TV anymore because I just don't. But like when I've seen things, it's always portrayed as the survivor being weak and not being able to fight for themselves or doing like shutting down and doing these things. Yes, please show people shutting down, but also show the variances of what can happen to a survivor. So when people are like, oh, you're a survivor. Well, you're not really that quiet. So you're fine. Like, no, there are various ways that people, you know, happen to survive trauma and letting people know, like, it's okay that you are over, over sexualized or you're hypersexualized. That's a form of, of continuance, shutting down, being quiet, like going on a trip, hiding, like there's so many different ways that people do things, but they don't show it in the media. So I find that like a lot of times that they show these things, they're doing more harm than good because a lot of people are looking at these different media streams to be like, oh, okay, this is the way that it looks. So if it doesn't look like this, then it's not real. God, yes. Yes. All right. So I have so many things swimming in my head and, you know, it all kind of stems back to what the common average person thinks an assault survivor should look like, mm-hmm. should act like, 
you know, for instance, I have been seeing a lot of celebrities come out with their Me Too stories and getting the courage to stand up and talk about someone who's traumatized them. And one recently that I've seen, I actually have a friend in the media who's going through it. And I'm, I'm tagged on a lot of these tweets where I'm seeing like, I took psychology and college and I know a me uh, or um, a trauma survivor acts like X, Y, and Z. Or if, you know, someone with narcissistic personality disorder does blah, blah, blah to them, their reaction should be blah, blah, blah. And because this celebrity's <laughs> reaction wasn't that, they're a liar. Uh, so, you know, how do we get around that with, you know, everyone is like armchair psychologists and they know how a trauma survivor should react. How do we tell these people? Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. I mean, I mean, yeah, my background psychology, too. But like within the field, let's realize who the who built this field and it's old white men. So let's yeah. start there. <laughs> so a lot of the things that they said are great. And a lot of it you need to unlearn. And a lot of people that I know work in sex that work in whatever and their therapist, they're like, you know what? I had to unlearn a lot of things to be a better clinician. So for those people, unlearn some things and welcome back to class because there's a continued education that's happening for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, just all of us maybe realizing it's not that textbook and simple. I know one of the things for me, I, I don't get mad very often. Like I very rarely I'm like, oh, you pissed me off. I want to kick your ass. I'm pretty even keeled. I'm oh, chill. That's lovely. Except when people tell me how I should act. And one of the things that like, and this is just personally for me, I'm not speaking for anyone else because they, they could totally have a different outlook. But to me in the media or in social media, the phrase like, hey, trigger warning, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. I totally appreciate the warning. I appreciate, I call them content warnings or content notes. I personally, I don't know if I, this is like meta, I get triggered <laughs> when someone says trigger warning, because I automatically get like, how do you know what my triggers are? You're going to look at me and say, I'm an assault survivor. So therefore, X, Y, and Z should trigger you. It's like, no, it's way more complex than that. So to me, that like kind of trips my switch where I'm like, you don't know me. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> but I mean, do you agree that a lot of people think it's like they just know, oh, you're a trauma survivor. So you think this and that, or this is going to trigger you, or I shouldn't, I should tiptoe around this subject because it's going to make you sad. Do you see that? I do see it, but I also, I know there's so many people that are like, well, why didn't you do this? So I think like a lot of it is like, I'm just going to put this here just so I don't hear, have to hear anyone's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it definitely, it's a tricky thing, I think, to tiptoe around. But for me, that just trips my switch and I'm like, oh, you don't know what my triggers are. My triggers are so individual. You don't know me. <laughs> I'm complex, damn it. I mean, I also, also think it's like such an overused word right now. Yeah. Like, well, are you triggered? Like, girl, every, what? Shut up. Like, that doesn't even make sense. What, what? You're just using the word because you think it sounds like you know some shit. <laughs> yeah sometimes that's kind how of. i feel and i i don't get mad i just roll my eyes a lot so i just scroll scroll past and roll my eyes yeah yeah so all right in your bio that we read you know it was and i i don't have it in front of me but you, 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 <laughs> because my computer just shut down but that's okay technology <laughs> all right i got it i got it so in, <laughs> i got my shit together i totally do i believe you so you you said that you saw a great need for trauma support in the sex ed world, which is like totally spot the fuck on because there really is. But where did that passion for you come from? Was it just like you have a keen sense of perception or does this come from something more personal? Um, Yeah, we can definitely get real deep and dirty. So I, I, you know, maybe one day and I keep saying this in podcasts, like maybe one day I'll change the verbiage. But for mm -hmm. now, I'll stick with I am a child of trauma. Um, okay. My mother was murdered in front of me when I was one and they found me with her body um, because she said no to a man. And he his response was like, well, if I can't have, you no one can. And he murdered her. Um, oh. And so for me, like, it's always been like a thing. Like, I wanted to be to do like law and order SVU kind of thing. So I went to school for criminal justice. But then I kind of got kicked out because I was too busy drunk and partying. <laughs> um, but it was the best, it was the best thing for me because I was able to continue being like, okay, this isn't it. This isn't it. And I became a rape crisis counselor. Um, as I was going back to school for psychology and it was the most humbling thing to me that just 
made sense. It was easy. Like in the sense of that's just a part of who I am. Like I was in the, in the hospital rooms where people are getting their SART kits. Um, and for people that don't know, a SART kit is like when they're taking the samples from where the trauma has happened on your body. So imagine mm. you have just been assaulted and you're going straight to a hospital and having someone touch these sensitive areas and someone tr- entrusting you with being their person in that moment. Like that, (laughs) that was like, okay, this, this makes sense. And I want to continue this. So for me, I was like, let me, let me see how much I can learn from there. I worked with juvenile sex offenders. So it was like the total opposite. Okay. So juvenile sex offenders. Mm -hmm. And, and when I hear that, where are you talking sex offenders that are juvenile? Yeah. Okay. When I hear that, I think of a lot of the stories I've seen on like 48 hours where it's like, we were just being teenagers and we sent some naked pictures and all of a sudden I'm a sex offender. Like, did you see some of those cases as well? Sadly, or- no. It was a lot of, I raped a baby and I raped oh, my, my, blind, oh. my blind cousin or my grandma or my mom and my sister. Like, it was crazy. There were like a few that were like, hey, me and my girlfriend are young and her parents hate me and this is what happened. Yes. Right. But for the predominantly the scary part is we had 11 houses and six beds and they were never empty for the two years that I worked there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, let's continue on this journey. And I did all these other jobs and I was like, you know, I have to take breaks in between because mental health is a lot. And but I was like, how do I never have a boring day at work? I was like, oh, of course, sex. And so I was like, I have to be a sex therapist. But luckily, I learned that I don't need to be a sex therapist. Um and getting into sexual education, I was like, no one's talking about trauma, though. Like, we've all probably experienced it, but no one is, like, really talking about it. Or people will be like, oh, yeah, here's a line or two. But I didn't understand why people weren't talking about it. And I was like, oh, well, this is my jam anyway. So if I can combine these two things that I'm really intrigued by, why not? Right. Wow. So what have you over your years of, you know, all of the trauma support that you've provided, what are some things that, I don't know, some kind of big life lesson sort of things that you've taken away from this that maybe you wouldn't have foreseen starting out on your journey? Uh, I, I feel like one of the first things, like working with the juveniles, like it changed the way I looked at kids. And I had to like check myself because I was like, every kid is shit. Every kid is dangerous. Like I can't have any of my family members or my goddaughters around kids. So for that, like I had to like really check myself again because we're taught like mentally that the pedophile, the rapist, whatever is like an older creepy guy when it's right. really can be little Timmy down the street next door, Bobby Nip, like that kind of messed me up for a little bit. Yeah. And then like being able to work with like, in different variances of just mental health and to be like, wow, most of these things all have sexual assault in some way attached to them. Like I haven't had a client that has not been sexually assaulted in some form in the past 10 years of my work. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of scary. And we all kind of walk around pretending that this doesn't happen you know like you said one in three women one in six men and it's probably more than that you know that's like the official number and we all operate through the world like the people that we come in contact with aren't trauma survivors and that we're just all kind of and i hate this word quote normal i mean nobody's really average say we're all quote average you know and 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 we're not And I think one of the things that I see a lot is people, you know, we go back going back to what we said, you know, what's the definition of sexual assault, sort of ranking Mm -hmm. what has happened to them or, you know, that and I hate the term, but we all know the term from the media, like that gray area rape, like, but it was on a date. It wasn't like a creepy person in a dark alley, really clear cut. So people think, my trauma isn't really trauma or it doesn't count or it's nothing that I have to work on because it wasn't that bad. So what do you say to people that fall in that category? Because I think a lot of us do fall in that category. Yeah, I think in in my space, it's not for me to tell you like, no, you are a sexual assault survivor because that can lead to some a whole other things. For me, I think a lot of people do feel like that. Well, like, 
it wasn't that bad. Like I've, I've had conversations with people and in the midst of a conversation, they're like, oh my God. And they start crying. They're like, you know what? I've never been able to say I was a sexual assault survivor, but thank you for allowing me to really like hear all the ways. And I want to claim that I am a survivor. So that can even start your healing process. But again, everyone's different. My job is to give you all the information and be like this. These are all the ways. If you feel comfortable using this term, do it. If you don't, don't. What are the top three things someone can do to assist a sexual assault survivor? Mm -hmm. So I think it's very important for all of us to continue educating ourselves. I think education is really important. And within education, also finding like resources for the survivors, because who knows what type of state that they're in or even knowing like what's available to them. So if you're like, oh, this happened to someone I know, let me find some resources. Let me educate myself on different topics and like verbiage that can be helpful. And then I think the the best thing you can do is to listen to the survivor instead of like being like, oh, well, I feel like this is what they need. So I'm going to go do this. No, that's not why you're learning the education or getting the resources. You are doing that to prepare for when they need the thing. We're going to take a break. I have so many more questions. Like I just... Oh, so much more. And I, I want to say thank you for making this super, I don't know, accessible and easy and light. A lot of people, you know, hear like, you know, I'm sure when they start listening to this episode, like, oh, we're going to talk about, you know, some trauma. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, like, this is going to be some heavy, let me, you know. And you approach things with such, I don't, I'm not going to say lighthearted, because that makes sense. It's serious, but it's easy, if that makes sense. Yes, thank you for being easy. No problem. I try. That's kind of my goal. That's kind of my jam. You know, being a little easy. Yay. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. Hey, did you know American Sex Podcast has a Patreon page? Becoming a Patreon member is a great way to show your support for this podcast. It works kind of like, I don't know, funding for national public radio or how PBS works. If you appreciate our work and the fact that we provide it to the world free of charge, then you can help support it. And as a member of our Patreon family, you'll be eligible for nifty, cool rewards like bonus episodes, surprises in the mail, and more. Oh, and you'll get all of our episodes early, bonus stories from guests, and access to our private Patreon feed. So you thinking about it? You want to know more? Check out all the details at patreon.com slash American sex. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash American sex. Castle Megastore. Once you see their sex toys, you'll want more. I have no idea if Castle Megastore actually has a theme song, but I really dig Castle Megastore. So that's my gift to you, Castle, your very own theme song. And you listeners get a gift too. If you go to CastleMegastore.com and use discount code SUNNY, that's S-U-N-N-Y, when you check out, you will receive 20% off your order. That's amazing. Castle Megastore. When you get your sex toys, you'll be on the floor because you'll be using them so much and they'll be so awesome and you'll save so much money. You'll get more than one and then you'll climax for a really long time and you'll just be passed out and you'll be like, oh my god, give me water. Those are the best orgasm ever. We're back with Jim and Nika Eborn. And all right, as I said before the break, I have so many things I want to talk to you about. And we're talking about some pretty heavy stuff, you know, uh, sexual assault survivors, sexual trauma. Um, and I want to talk to you a lot about what it's like being a person of color who experiences trauma, because that is a whole nother ball game. Mm-hmm. And when we get into to subjects along those lines, it reminds me of a lot of what I've been hearing lately, where people say, um, you know, it might be like a man attempting to flirt with a woman or, you know, white person talking about race. They say things like, you know, I try to be inclusive and I'm trying not to hurt anyone's feelings or say the wrong thing. And I'm trying to be respectful, but I'm always getting shot down. I'm, you know, I'm always afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing or I'm going to get called out or accused of something when I only have the best intentions. So I'm afraid to participate. So I'm just not going to open my mouth and I'm not going to talk about these things because I'm always wrong. So what do you say to that? 
Because I've been hearing that a lot lately. And I've been rolling my eyes about it a lot lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like, you know, we all are going to mess up, but mm-hmm. you don't learn things if you don't mess up. Right. Like, I don't feel like you should be like, well, if I say this thing, it's going to be bad. Well, don't say a shitty thing and it won't be bad. That's kind of yeah. helpful. Don't be a shitty person. Like, I mess up and people call me out and I learn from it. Wow. Yeah. I often say, and I, I used to say this in when I was a boss, when I had employees. And I always used to say, it's not even so much the fact that you made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Because we're all human. We're all trying, you know, at least most of us are trying <laughs> to do our best. But, you know, unless you're that asshole. Did you just give me side eye? No. <laughs> you, you, looked right, you looked right at me no, when you said I'm that. No, I'm just looking around again. <laughs> well, <laughs> just looking around. So, you know, we, unless we're assholes, we're all trying to do our best, but we're all human and we're all going to make a mistake. And when I was the boss of people, I was like, I'm not going to be pissed at you because you made a mistake. What's going to piss me off and either put your job on the line or get you a glowing review is how you handle that mistake yes. and how you respond to it. So if you're the person who's like, I didn't, not me, she did, I didn't, I did the, don't look at me, then fuck you. I hope you get fired, you know, because, oh yes. yeah, but if you're like, holy motherfucking shit, I totally fucked up and I am so sorry, you know, uh, how can I make this right? Mm-hmm. You're golden with me, just like you didn't make a mistake. You know, you probably learned something from that mistake and it's making your, you know, in that case, a better employee, but in the larger scenario, a better person. You know, it sort of goes down to Wheaton's law. Just don't be a dick. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole philosophy. Yeah. Right there. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> People find that to be so hard, though. And I agree with you. Like, if people mess up, I'm like, great, you did this thing. Now, how are you going to see next? And for me, I'm, you know, sometimes I get to be a little, a little spicy. And I'm like, let me see how you move next. And that's all mm-hmm. I will say to you. And they'll be like, wait, exactly. what? You heard me. Because, it, yes, we all mess up. But if you decide to just sit quietly and just see if it'll blow over, I don't have any respect for you. And I have no more words for you. But if you're like, right. oh, my God, I messed up. Let me do the work. Let me reach out and do the education. Let me find the right people to assist me to be a better person and to not make this mistake again. Then we're fine. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a process. People may be in your ass for it for quite some time. But as long as you're continuing to try and grind and get better, I'm still in your corner. Amen. Amen. All right. So I do want to talk to you about being a person of color and experiencing trauma because the way that you, you know, A, work through your trauma, have resources for your trauma, are perceived by other people through the lens of your trauma are very different. So can you walk us through what that is and what that looks like? Yeah. So I I think just in general, as a woman of color, and I'm sure you can speak to this as well, Sunny, the fact that people over-sexualize our bodies and the way that it's just even looked at and just being a woman of color, you're kind of put down to a lower standard. So yeah. it's it's just like, oh, okay, well, that happened to so-and-so. That conversation can automatically go like to the negative area of, well, what were they doing? Well, where were they at? Instead of being like, oh, no, what do you mean? Like, can I hear more? It can go quicker to the negative space than the supportive space, unfortunately. And there mm. are less resources in specific type of areas. I work in a, not going to say too much because mama likes her coins. I work in a facility, though. <laughs> um And I have worked there since January, and we've never had a person of color because it's not affordable. Yeah. And so I've been struggling with that the whole time I've been there. And I've been talking to like some people that are like, I agree. And we need to, I don't know what we can do. Like it's the support is unobtainable. And that's why we need to continue talking about it more and putting it into schools and lower income schools. Cause that is a lot of the times where they're not going to give the funding to, because they're like, well, they'll figure it out. They're just going to get pregnant anyway. We don't care. Right. Yeah. So it's it's really scary to me. And it's unfortunate that just because I have some melanin in my skin that most of the people really wish they had that I'm looked down upon and I'm not supported as much. And even in sex ed, like talking about trauma. Yeah, I talk about it, but there's other people that talk about it. So there may be in some spaces where I have to like push my way in because 
even in sex ed, being a black woman, you got to push some doors down and kick them open to have the conversations to get the support for the people that need it. Uh, listening to what Jimmy was talking about, I was just wondering if there's any institutions nationally like Planned Parenthood that are accessible to most people. No. That's sad. Yeah. And it's only getting worse. Yeah. That's really, really sad. I can think of like smaller, like if looking and doing more research per area, but there's no just like across the globe, we can help everyone. No. Yeah. I do know that. Um, at least here in Chicago, and I know some of the other cities, the YWCA mm-hmm. has some some good programs for overcoming sexual trauma, both for children, teens, and women. Yes. Um, but I think it's a very small number, and in order and is to- it religious based? No. It's, no I don't... What's the YWCA? So I, I mean, it's the YWCA, but in their programs, they're not like oh, also and Jesus, like okay. they're not. Yeah, yeah no. nobody. Yeah. Um, but. It's, you know, not very accessible. And also, I know, you know, in certain communities, like, you know, we're not raised to be like, oh, yeah, just go to your therapist. (laughs) It's like, your therapist might be the bad guy, you know, so, yeah, and and I think that's something that a lot of people, I I don't think, realize, do you? No, I, I, I don't think people even recognize it, because it's so ingrained within us, like, historical trauma is real and the way things are passed down within us and the knowledge that we receive face on. Like I was never talked to like, Oh, you sh-. I had therapy when I was young because of my mother's murder. Like, and it's still to this day, I have not sat down with my family and be like, Hey, these are the things that's happened to me, but that's because I want to keep them safe. So that even takes away because we're taught to take care of our families, even sharing the traumas with our families to get support and or help from them. So that's like a whole nother fucking jar of crap that you got to deal with. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just recently had something, you know, trying to find out about, um, a whole side of my family that I never knew growing up. And so I'm trying to ask about family stories. And I very much got the, you know, we don't know about any of that because, you know, everyone was so hush hush about what happened to them. Yeah. So, you know, even down to like their health, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, people just didn't share shit. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Generation after generation. Yeah. My yeah. family is full of secrets. Like, mm-hmm. But I feel like that's like what you're t- they were taught to keep it quiet, keep it cute, keep it, keep it pushing because we didn't have time to sit down and really process these things because we had to look at ato- look upon the next day that was coming f- for us. Right. So so that's I mean, we don't get to in a lot of times with people of color. We you know, I'm not saying everyone is struggling or, you know, grinding every day, but a lot of us are. And you know, taking away from like, I don't have time to take a day off. I have to continue on. So you don't get time to take care of yourself. Yeah. And the self-care is important, you know, and I know self-care. Sonny, I'm looking at you right now. You need to take a day off. Oh, you do everything. For, no, I'm being, I'm being dead and serious. I'm, I'm here you preaching, preaching the us. word of self care, but I'm yeah, not and that's the why, one doing and, it. And that's why I'm putting you on the spot because yeah. you refuse to take care of yourself. So please go take However, a day off in the, in the next two weeks. However, look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes. Uh, okay. In the next, in two, the next weeks, two weeks, will you take one day yes. off for yourself yes. and I will pay for it? Yes. Thank you. I'm going to check but, in on this. I'm going to be this case you. study right now. I because love you. I, I love you too. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> but okay. So when you say that to me, my brain automatically says that I feel like I have so much to do, whether that's real or me saying I have so much to do is probably a combination of right. um, that I will not be able to enjoy taking time off because I know it will cause me more stress in the long run. And I think, like I said, part of that is real. Part of that I think is like sort of my more workaholic personality, you know, and and maybe more contrived, even though a lot of it's based in reality. So for the people listening, going, (laughs) yeah, self-care bullshit, I'm not going to go get a pedicure because I got bills to pay and I got, you know, children to take to the doctor and groceries to buy and da, 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 da. So what do you tell to that person? Maybe me. um, That says I don't have time for self-care because it's not relaxing because I'm too stressed out and I have too much to do. Oh my God. What I will tell you is if you don't take that one day off, 
you're going to collapse and then you won't be able to go make any money or go take care of all the people for multiple days. He just hit his leg and like the see I told you kind of way. He's looking at me like he got this smirk Get on his face. My mind. You have this smirk on your face like I told you. But yeah, I'm the man and I'm your husband. You're not going to listen to me. But now that another woman's telling you, you're going to be like, yes. And I didn't. You were right, except for I didn't think any of the gender stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, well, see. just because you know when the person it's close not because to I'm you, a man. No, it's, it's not just because you're a man. It's because you're the husband. You're the closest person. We don't I listen to you. the people closest to us. But then a friend could tell us the same thing. It'll be like. You are right. <laughs> like it's new information. Thank you for that feedback. Oh God, God you sick. are right. No, we, we do the same thing to each other. It's just the way everybody treats who's closest to them. Yeah, we don't. For sure. You know, like we, yeah, it's, it's a, it means I love you the most, Ken, oh, when I, I don't listen to you. But you need to, to take one day off before I leave for LA. Okay. When okay. are you coming? Right. We'll talk about that later. But like, yeah, I, oh, I'm, I got a new movie. I'm uh, doing a, a production on a new movie in two weeks. Great. We'll talk about it. Um, I, I, I honestly want to, to push self-care because I too am a workaholic and I'm always working on different things. And that's why I got a manager named Dan, because I try to do all the things at once and then I burn out, but it's, I need to do that. I'm going to talk to you offline because like this shit's crazy. Yes. Yes. But it's like, once you get into it, like I will be like, oh my God, getting a massage and be like, I have to do this thing. And I'm then I'm going to fuck this up. But then I'm like, Yeah. But it will wait because if I don't do this right now, I'm going to be sick. Like I have been I have made myself physically sick and I've been in bed for like three days and it feels like I just got jumped. But it's only yeah. because I just didn't listen to my body. So to those people also listen to your bodies. I think it's that's my woo part of myself and my sex head. Like listen to your bodies because our bodies are actually telling us this multiple times a day. Like, hey, oh, that's that little twinkle in your toe. That's not because you're doing great. It's because you need to sit down and get off your feet. Yeah, this is good advice. I'm going to listen. I'm going to re-listen <laughs> to this and be like, yeah okay so when you you were talking about like listening to your body so that brings me back to um sexual assault survivors that carry a lot of their trauma in their bodies Mm -hmm. and when you are sexually assaulted it's hard for a lot of people to then move on with their sex lives yeah because they're using the thing that's been violated So what advice do you give to someone who has been sexually assaulted that is having a hard time, you know, getting back into their own sexuality? Where did they start, especially if maybe they don't have access to therapy? Yeah. What can we do? I mean, it just makes me so mad that everyone can't get therapy. Um, Luckily, there's a lot more affordable uh, therapy services that you can do from like your home. But also, I feel like people can start looking within themselves, right? So before you even are like, before I can bring someone else in to know what my body likes, my favorite thing is like, take yourself on a date, have a date night with yourself, have a nice dinner, just get comfortable, go home and try some of those things that you used to like with yourself. Because your body may respond differently. Like maybe you like to be smacked on the thighs before, but now a smack on the thigh may bring back a flashback. So you do that and you're like, you know what? This is not what I will be doing again. Maybe you liked a certain position, but that position is no longer feeling safe to you, but you're doing this with yourself. So you're able to do it in a safe, protected space before you try to bring in someone else. I always say like, let's get restarted with reconnecting yourself to your sexuality, reconnecting yourself to your body to see what your body likes now and may not like anymore. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think that um, you know, that advice is helpful, whether you're overcoming trauma, or, you know, I find the same type of advice applicable to, hey, I've been married for 15 years, and I just got a divorce, and I don't know me anymore, yeah. kind of thing. It, it can be a- applicable to so many situations. And I find, you know, not only just like, you know, hey, play with yourself. But like you said, the slap on the thigh or the just like caressing your body or putting on that nice music and some incense and putting on lingerie and actually, like you said, having a date with yourself can really do so much in the reconnecting you back with you department. I think also it's really important to let people know 
that there's no time frame, right? Like people are like, well, it happens three months ago. I should be able to do the thing. Your body may not be able to do the thing yet. So don't force it. And like you said, like caress your body, do, do slow things before you're just like, all right, where's the biggest cock I can find? Like, no, 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 no. Let's slow down. Let's bring it back. How about we, we see what kind of pressures you like first? What type of temperatures do you like? Like, smaller things, but don't try to put yourself into a box and be like, well, it's been this time. I should be able to do the thing because you honestly may not ever be able to do that one thing again, but you can find something else as you relearn your body that make you, that will make you feel as good. I love that. Now, any difference or advice for people, you know, and, and it sounds like what you were talking about is, or at least the way it sounded was, you know, I'm moving along my life, trauma happened, now things are different. So let's say it's someone who's had childhood trauma that's maybe never quite worked through it. And let's say it's 25 years later. And you know, you're like, hey, I'm holding some baggage, there's some stuff, I want to start working on it. Would it be the same advice? Or would there be other things that you might advise that they do as well? I think it's similar advice. It depends on if they've been at that point, I feel like maybe they've had other traumas. But mm-hmm. for me, I think finding something to help you like to believe in. So I also have some childhood things, which I didn't address until my 20s when I was drinking and just blacking out and punching the fuck out of people. And I was like, this, you know, I should probably get some help. Something's not right here. Um, I went spiritual. I started meditating. I started connecting with myself and being like, oh, these are not healthy ways. Like I need to address this. I, I now have a therapist to deal with these things. So if you're able to find someone, and fortunately there are a lot of low price places to get therapy. Yes. And also Do you have recommendations like, yeah. cause I'm like, what? I'm yeah. sure our listeners like, what, yeah, where, yeah, how? Yeah. So I, I have a lot of friends that are licensed therapists that work through better help. And I am, am somewhat sponsored by BetterHelp. So I'd like give out my link and they get, people can get a discount code to even start out the gate. Um, and with Juicebox as well, I work with Juicebox. You're able to work with people, but they're not all therapists. So there's a lot okay. of coaches on there. So I find that you may want to find someone that's able to deal with that type of situation a lot better. Even with working with me, my clients, I'm like, hey, do you have a therapist? Because I can't do all the things a therapist can do. And that's just me being safe for me and you. And some people don't do that. So I think finding a therapist, and if someone needs help finding a therapist, I will help you find a therapist. That's that's Aww. what I throw out there. Like, I will help you. Whatever insurance, no insurance, I will help you find that person. Um, But there's people to do it. But I think you would need, if it's that long of a history, you need some type of therapy to be able to process that. Get it, get, right. su- get a supporter or whatever as well. Get you a self cheerleader, do all the things. But if it's that deep and continued on, I would suggest you getting a therapist. I'm morbidly curious about something. You had this tragedy with your mom when you were very, very young. Yeah. Do you have a problem with shows like Dexter? You know what is so damn funny? Everyone's always like, hey, have you seen Dexter? And I'm like, no. And they're like, I just want you to know if you like killed people for good, I would understand. And I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) So so apparently I need to watch Dexter. I've heard about it. Dexter is a serial killer that kills other serial killers because he watched his mom get murdered. Yeah, that's what I hear. And I'm like, no. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with Dexter. I mean, he's doing it for the... I mean, I don't know. It's not real. (laughs) It's a good show. I love that show. But I will say the scene, you know, they recreate the murder scene. And I'm I'm just warning you that episode might... I don't know what your, you know, triggers are, but that one might be a little heavy. Like it's... Even me, you know, that doesn't relate to anything about my trauma. And I was like, holy motherfucking shit. They that was an episode. Yeah. Very I mean, realistic. I yeah. mean, I will, I'll check it out. I mean, I love horror films. So I'm, I'm in. I mean, and also my trauma, it, I was one. So it's very, I'm very thankful that I was so right. young that I don't have all the things, but there are days when I'm like, I think I remember things. And then it's like, did I create that in my head or is it a real memory? Right. Yeah. So, all right, I've heard, and this might even apply to you personally, that a lot of people will say, you can never truly heal from your trauma until you forgive. Is that true? 
Is that bullshit? I th- what do you think? I think that's a personal thing. I think you can heal yeah. from your trauma and you know what? You can possibly com- compartmentalize that. Um, and when you are forgiving that person, if that's what you choose to do, you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for yourself to be able to do the thing. So I'm on both sides of the fence. I yeah. have to be like, you know what? You need help. And I have to continue on because I can't sit here anger or angry because I don't want that within me. But that again. Right. But that is just like my my side of it. Again, if someone's like, I will never forgive that person. That's totally fine. How can we work to help you, though? Yeah, which, I think which would be the wise thing to do. I'm automatically on team, you know, fuck that guy. Yeah, and, and for <laughs> yeah. me, honestly, it was a, a a huge source of empowerment when I realized I didn't have to forgive. When I could be like, fuck that guy. I don't have to forgive you. Like I felt almost like this, like albatross around my neck of like, but I have to forgive, but I don't want to. And then when I realized, like, I don't have to, I was like, yeah, I feel great. Like, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it is it is super individual, but I I hate the, you know, you must forgive. No, you don't. Mm. You don't no. have to do anything that you don't want to do. I I'm a Scorpio. That. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. Well, ever. I mean, I'm a Gemini. I got two sides. I I'm saying this now, but then I might try to cut someone. Like, you know, it goes quick. It goes quick. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So uh, this has been a great conversation. And I think uh, not I think I know, (laughs) you know, there are are listeners listening to this that have probably either a had some light bulbs go off B felt some sense of validation that maybe they've never gotten before. Or C, you know, you've left them some breadcrumbs to where maybe they can go and get a therapist or, you know, seek some sort of healing, whatever that might be for them in their trauma. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. So, A, what things you got going on? B, where can we find you? Like, tell us all of the good stuff about you so our listeners can continue getting to know you yeah i mean i always sound cooler on paper than i think i am (laughs) um that's why i got a bio um so i i'm actually working on doing more sessions with people and like being like okay i can work with people one-on-one now so i'm setting that up on my website um i'm working on my website uh not my website i'm working on my podcast which is called cute and black and it's, Ooh, everybody yeah. like i because you you got the audience right here they're already podcast listeners so cute and black okay so tell us about it um and it's two queer black women talking about a lot of the things that black america won't talk about Ooh. yeah so we're like oh my god let's talk about musicians and how robert kelly should not be making any fucking music anymore yeah so we talk about little gentle things like that Nice. Nice. Um, I am reworking on uh, an ally class. So I just have to finish that and get that out. I want to make it so it's accessible to anyone online or in person. Um, And I'm redoing a class for survivors just to have like, you know, ways to get through things. Um, And also I'm able to help people find resources and do all the things. I um, work with a nonprofit where I'm the director of education called More Than No where we Mm -hmm. work with sexual assault survivors and talk about consent and do all the things. But we put on a show, a cabaret show once a month. Um, Predominantly the people in the show are survivors, but we definitely have allies as well. And we give you the stage to do whatever you want that you feel like you're reclaiming whatever the fuck you need to reclaim. Just, you know, we just no sex. We can't have you bleeding everywhere and shit, but (laughs) live your best life. You can strip, you can dance, you can do comedy, you can sing a song. (laughs) Like we've had it. We had someone walking on glass the other day, like do whatever your heart desires. Um, nice. And so those are a few things that I'm working on and writing and consulting and go to my website, uh, sojim.com, S-E-W-J-I-M.com. And you can find out all the things I'm doing, sign up for my newsletter. And I am Jiminika on all the social medias. And that's J-I-M-A-N-E-K-I-A. And I will give Sunny and Ken my code for better help. If you would like to do some type of internet therapy and they do video sessions they do phone calls you can text and i'll give you within the code you get like a little discount because we all love a good discount 
cool. And we will definitely put that in the show notes at americansexpodcast.com. So listeners, if you're like, hey, I want that code or I missed the website or whatever, just go to americansexpodcast.com. Go to episode whatever episode number this is because we haven't assigned it yet. So... uh, And yeah, that's the thing. So wait, let me ask you, why is your website? It's like S-E-W, like so. So I assume it's not because you make clothing. Why is it so, Jim? Um, So it was real hard to figure that out, right? So, so, Jim is sex ed with Jim. (gasps) Ah, I like it. It's an acronym. Very cool. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. We thank always you. enjoy talking with you. Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast Thank today. you for having me. You two are just so cool and shit. We love you. Oh, we love you. You're cool and shit, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to American Sex. To keep up with Ken and I, we'll first make sure you watch our TV show, Sex with Sunny Megatron, on Showtime. Then visit SunnyMegatron.com. There you can learn more about us, read our blog, peruse our workshop calendar, or hire us. For what? Well, either for private coaching, or to book us to teach at your event or university, or as sex and relationship writers for your publication. Oh, and don't forget, we're on social media, too. I'm the super social one, so you can find me as Sunny Megatron on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, and a bunch of other places. But if you want to get me on Snapchat, you got to look for Sunny underscore Megatron, and you can follow Ken on Twitter at at tag SciChicken. That's P-S-Y-C-H-I-C-K-E-N. Also, please support us by shopping with the affiliates and sponsors from our breaks. And if you contribute to our Patreon, we're going to love you forever. Well, we're going to love you forever anyway, but just go with it. Lastly, if you like this broadcast, tell people about it. Tweet it, Facebook status it, and rate it on iTunes and other platforms. Thanks, friends. We'll see you next week on American Sex.